It, just because it happened years ago in Acts 2 and and what it's recorded there, that, that it doesn't mean it, it didn't quit there. That just that was the beginning. That was the beginning of what the church was about to do. Amen. It still happens today. So Acts 2, this is verses 14 through 28. So this is after what I'm reading is after the speaking in tongues happened. This is after the fire, the tongues of fire on their head. This is after this. This is the this is the reaction to this because the the Holy Spirit comes down on the on the on the disciples of, of Jesus. They were in the upper room. They they received it. Amen. They had the Holy Spirit power given to them, and then all of a sudden people start going, "What is happening here? What is going on?" They didn't understand. And Peter stands up and he begins to speak with an anointed tongue the message that God wanted to give his people in the beginning uh, for his church. So listen to what he said what he says here. Uh, verse 14. But Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, because remember this was the feast of the Pentecost. So there's a bunch of people there. There's a lot of different cultures there. People from different uh, walks of life, different languages, different uh, ethnic backgrounds. They were all there to celebrate the festival at the Pentecost. Uh, And it says here, Be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So he reverts to the, he, he focuses on the Old Testament, the, the, the prophet Joel. See, all the Jews there would understand what he's saying because they were all there as Jewish people. Amen. They were devout Jews coming to celebrate. So he says, this is what the prophet Joel said, and it shall come to pass in the last days. So there he proclaims that we're in the last days officially. Jesus is coming to come back soon. Saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And this is verse 18. And on my servants and on my handmaids, will I will pour out those in those days my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And verse 19. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord. So he's saying, this is what's about to happen. This is what's going to happen. And this is what you're going to see in between. He's given the account. This was an anointed speech. He's Peter here is speaking through the Holy Spirit. And God is speaking through him saying, saying what, you, what you're witnessing is what I foretold. And this is what's going to happen in between. And this is what it will be in the end, in the day of the Lord. I mean, he's giving him the whole spectrum right there and then. Amen? That's what he's saying to him. And now look at what it says. Ye men of Israel. Uh, verse 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved by, of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. They're saying, hey, he's saying, hey, remember that man of Nazareth, Jesus? He did all these wonders, all these miracles. He's, he's bringing that back to the remembrance which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him, verse 23, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. 
So he's telling him, this is, this is who he was. This is what you did. He says, for David, or uh, verse 24, whom God had raised up. So now he's saying, he is risen. He's making sure they all understand. He rose again. He is alive. He said, he is risen. God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should be that I should not be moved. So again, he's going back to David. I mean, he, he knows who he's talking to. He's talking to devout Jewish people that know the Old Testament. He's saying, this is what you read. This has come to pass. Jesus is risen. You need to understand what's about to happen now. This message, you better be listening to this message that I'm telling you from God. Uh, verse 26, Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Verse 27, Because thou wilt not, will not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. So he's giving them hope. He's saying, this is what was foretold in the Old Testament. This was Jesus. He was crucified, but he's risen again. And this is the hope that you need to understand. We can have hope just like David did back then because he knew this was about to happen. And now it has happened. And God is telling you, you're in now in the last days. You better get it together. The, the risen Savior has happened. He has risen. He has gone to heaven. He is at the right hand of the Father. And now he has empowered us through the might of the Holy Spirit, which you are witnessing right now as the same thing as you witnessed him before doing the wonders and miracles. You're witnessing it right now in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what Peter begins to speak. I mean, can you imagine? Picture that in your mind after seeing the, pen, the fall of the Holy Spirit on these people and you being somebody that's coming from out of town to worship at, at Israel, and all of a sudden everybody's just being filled with this spirit, and you don't understand what's going on. They thought they were drunken. I mean, that's how how kind of wild and crazy. If you can picture your mind, these people were acting and speaking in power, and and they knew it was something different. They knew this is not the normal thing. What is happening? And that's why Peter was uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak. And uh, this morning, as, as I prayed uh, over us, that's exactly what we need to have happen to us in, in our, in our uh, testimony to people. We need to say, Holy Spirit, today, empower me to speak to somebody, to speak life into somebody. Tell me what I need to do. How should I come across? You, you have to give me the words to say because I can't come up with them. It has to be the Holy Spirit to empower me and direct me in that. And so that's what Peter allowed to happen there. Now, look at the second half of this. Now this is uh, Acts chapter 2. This is verses 29 through 47. And this right here is what we really pay attention to as a church. This is what we need to pay attention to. Every church should pay attention to this because this was the calling of the church. It has not changed. I believe that what's happened now is that we have churches that have kind of gone away with this, away from this, not because they wanted to, but because they kind of got led away from instead of doing and focusing on this, and now they're more focused on the managing of all the things that are happening in their church. You know, it's good to have different ministries in your church. It's good to have all kinds of things happening in your church. But the bottom line is, 
We have to do what this says in Acts 2 as a church. All the other stuff is kind of like icing on the cake, but the meat of it, the main part is this. This is what we always must go to as church people and we, as, as, as me as a pastor, this is what my vision should always be led by is Acts 2 and what happens here through the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you uh, verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you. This is Peter saying this. He said, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher, sepulcher or tomb is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would rise up, he would rise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ. See, so he's saying this was already foretold. David, that's what David was talking about. And that's who he crucified. Again, he's trying to make them understand who Jesus was or who Jesus is and what he did on the cross and that he rose again and that he was he's connected to the line of David and that it was foretold in the Old Testament to David and that was the faith David had. David knew that one day from his line would come the Christ and that, that would conquer everybody, uh, all the surrounding nations. And of, of course the Jewish thought, oh, well, he's gonna be a, some kind of a warrior. He's gonna be some kind of military guy and he's gonna lead a, an army and we're gonna conquer the Romans, but that's not what happened. He was a conquering, uh, a conquering person of God, right? The son of God. But the way he did it was not how the Jews envisioned it. He died for our sins. That's how he conquered death. He didn't just conquer to conquer physical land. No, no, no. He was talking about the spiritual kingdom of God. And that's, that's what he's trying to tell everybody here as he's explaining it from the point all the way back to David. So now look at verse 32. This Jesus, so now he's naming him Jesus because he wants to understand, everybody understand that he's talking about Jesus. They got crucified. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we, we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having, uh, excuse me, having received the Father, the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this, he had shed forth this, which we, which ye now see and hear. He's saying this is why he died. This is why he rose again. This is why we're all here gathered to receive the Holy Spirit. And this is what you're witnessing right here before your eyes. Uh, verse 34, for David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saved himself. The Lord said unto my Lord, my, my Lord sit thou on my right hand. 35, until I make my foes thy footstool. And verse 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So this is right here, bottom line. The man y'all crucified was the son of God. He was the Christ. And you under, if you need, to, you need to understand what just happened, that even through your misunderstanding, God has saved you from your sins. Amen. I mean, they're hearing this and they, it cuts into their heart. It says that in the Bible here, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They realize it. Oh, dear God, we crucified the son of God. But it was meant to happen because that's how he was going to save you from your sins. You thought he was coming as a conquering hero and military army guy. No, he came as a lowly servant 
to serve you and you crucified him, but yet through your hate and, and, and torture of him, he loved you and saved you. And they were pricked in their heart and said, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then they start asking, well, what do we need to do? Because they realize what they just done. So now they're really asking them, what do we do now? Because they're fearing the judgment. Amen. The fear of God has come upon them. And really when we, when we testify to people about Jesus Christ, when we tell them who he was and what he did, and when we tell people, hey, Jesus died for you. Jesus died for your sins. You don't have to go to hell for your sins. You can be saved. And see, that's the that's the the realization that's coming here to these Jewish people. They're going, we're we're going to be punished. We killed the Son of God. What do we do? And so this is what he says to them. Now, listen to what he says, verse thirty-eight. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. You gotta you gotta turn away from what you're doing. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So remember when John was in the picture, John was baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ also for the remission of sins. But now, because of Jesus having died and risen again, not only do you get, not only do you repent and get baptized for the remission of sins, but now you receive the Holy Ghost power. And this is this is the difference here in the day of Pentecost. This is why that we have the church now. Not only can we bring people to Christ and, and have them come in and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ as a, as, a, as a public proclamation, but we can baptize them in the name of Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit. We can say, now receive in faith the Holy Spirit. That's the difference that we see now in the book of Acts and what we need to do as a church. And then it says, for the promise is unto you and your children and all that are far off. That's where we get that song. We sang that song, bless, be blessed. You know, the, the, it's called the blessing. But it's talking about the generational blessing that comes when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That now we have power to save our family through that. Because we get empowered by the Holy Spirit. We can now testify to our family and say, this was Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. You don't have to live in sin. You can be saved and receive the Holy Spirit power. And it, you'll be, you're going to witness it in your own life, just like I did. And your eyes will be opened fully to what He has done for you. Uh, verse 40. And with many other words did, they, did He testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this outward generation. 44, 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Isn't that amazing? How, that, how the beginning of the church begins with that amazing revival in the Jewish people when they realized that they were wrong. We, we, we didn't know what we were doing. Jesus Christ himself told them, he, he told God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Amen. And, and Peter speaks up. He explains it to them. They realize it. Their heart is open to receive in that moment. And they get saved and they receive the Holy Ghost. 3,000 people slain by the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but that would be awesome to see and witness. 3,000 people be slain 
by the Holy Spirit power because they were ready to receive the Word of God. They were ready to receive the truth. And, and, and we, we get to experience that now, today, when we testify, when we witness unto people, when we tell them about Jesus Christ, and when it's that perfect moment that they're ready to receive, we can pray for them. In faith, we can pray, we can baptize them in the Holy Spirit because it lives in us. Brother James was talking about that this morning. It lives in us. We're never alone. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit resides in us because of Jesus Christ. We're made at, at one with God. We've been atoned for. So now we need to take that empowerment of the Spirit and lay hands on people, ask for healing by the name in the name of Jesus, and ask for salvation. You know, we, we can when they're when they're ready to receive, you know, sometimes we go to pray for people that are sick. And we pray for them. But really what we should do is say, are you ready to receive Jesus Christ fully? Are you? Is your heart open? Do you need to give something to Christ? Because he, he died for your sins and your healing. You can receive salvation. You can receive supernatural healing. And you can receive Holy Ghost empowerment right now if you're ready to receive and a lot of times we leave a lot of things out. We say, I want to pray for you for healing. But really, we got to start with the salvation, then the healing, then the supernatural Holy Spirit empowerment, which brings the healing. Amen. So uh, we, when we pray, we got to pray in that in that order. Salvation, healing or salvation, Holy Spirit, healing, because the Holy Spirit is what does the healing. It's not us. It's our faith prayer that that invokes it. But then they receive it and they make that connection. And that healing happens in that way. That's what was happening to those 3,000 people in that moment. Glory to God. So now listen to what it says here after that. Verse 42. And they continued. They didn't just stop there. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. So they just continued to, to be church members when they when they got saved and they got filled with the holy spirit they began a community and they stay together and they worship together and they continued daily in that uh, verse 43 and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things in common common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued, and, and I'm sorry, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. That's an amazing thing when you read this. It doesn't just, but here's here's what we need to realize today. This doesn't just happen in the Bible back then. It can happen here in this church. It can happen in the Warikas church, in, in, in Terrell's churches, in the surrounding churches. If if all the churches get together in under this under this anointing of this word, if we all get in one accord, God is going to add to the church, the global church. But we gotta we gotta grow spiritually first and get empowered 
by the Holy Spirit every day so that when we walk out our door, we know that whoever we speak to, pray for, lay hands on, we know that we know they're going to receive Holy Spirit empowerment through salvation, through through spiritual healing, then the manifest into physical healing. And they're going to know it. They're going to know it because we are carrying this this word. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. I want to end in prayer, but uh, a specific prayer. I want you guys to really uh, pray with me tonight, specifically for the future ministries of this church, because they're coming. We're proclaiming that this church is going to have kids ministry, youth ministry, adult ministries. All those things are going to begin to happen here because we got a harvest of people in this town that need it. Amen. Harvest of people. Uh, of it's, it's ripe for the harvest. I know the workers are few, but hey, with the power of the Holy Spirit, it can happen. Jesus only needed a few people. <laughs> and look what happened. He, he had 12 at one point after that. And it began a movement to the whole world. Just with 12. And normally, you know, in churches this size, we've had more than 12. And even if it's just three, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. And my spirit abides. So we're we're in good shape. It doesn't we don't we don't see the pews full yet, but we need spiritual fullness first. We put that in in in, 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 in perspective. Let's get ourselves filled spiritually first. Let's fill this house first. And then the physical house, it will get filled because the word we bring forth is going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, just like it was in Acts 2. Amen. Glory to God. I hope you're excited because I, I believe this year, this year we're going to begin to do those things uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit and His guidance. Uh, let's pray. Oh, amen. Father God, we praise you. We thank you, Lord. God, we're so, we're so humbled that you, that you choose us. You choose us, this, these people, uh, Lord, we're just flesh and bone, Father God. We're just here, but you choose us to do your mighty works. You choose us to be a, a, a tool for your, for your use. We're, we're your hands. We're your feet. You choose to use us. And God, we're just so humbled by that. God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would empower us. God, Lord, as we pray tonight, we proclaim, Father God, for this, this city this, this community, this, this surrounding area here in Oklahoma and Texas. God, we, we proclaim uh, spiritual empowerment, Father God. Spiritual growth. Not just numerical growth. Not just financial growth, Father God. But the most important part is the spiritual growth of your people. That's what matters, God. And Lord, I'm thankful because we're beginning to see the beginnings of that in our people. We're beginning to see it. It's become it's coming to fruition. You're sending people in because of the spiritual growth happening, God. And Lord, we just we're just humbled and thankful. And God, we look forward to this year because no matter what things happen in the world, your church will still be flourishing. The church began in the middle of turmoil with the Roman Empire, God. It, it was in the middle of persecution. It faced many things that we don't even face today, God. But yet it flourished. And so we know that we know in faith that our church and the churches and in this community, they will flourish 
because of your Holy Spirit empowerment. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you want to make a lifelong decision to follow Jesus Christ, pray this with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. I am sorry and I repent of my sins. I accept your free gift of grace that was your son, Jesus, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of all my sins. Come and live in my heart and I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. If you pray, prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you're freed from sins. You, are, you have become a new creation in God because of Jesus Christ. The next steps are crucial. The next steps are very important. If you've made this decision to follow Jesus Christ and to follow Him the rest of your life, find a good Bible preaching church. Get connected to the Christian community that believe in Jesus Christ and preach according to the full gospel of the Bible. Begin to study that Bible and then follow the Spirit's call for your life. I'm excited for you and your decision that you have made. And I'll be praying with you that God will lead you through the Holy Spirit to the full salvation knowledge that he has for you. God bless you. Well, that concludes this episode of The Encounter. Thank you for taking time to meditate on the word today. God bless you. And may the spirit of God guide and lead you always.